0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Cast. I am your host Molly Edwards, and today you join me on another solo podcast. So there's no one joining me out else today, uh, possibly the dog. So I'm sure he's going to find something to bark at. Um, but apart from Bertie, it is just me this um, this afternoon. Um, so I kind of wanted to come on here and um, have a little catch up with you all, and talk about a few different things. Um, I've spoken to the, spoken about them a little bit on my Instagram. Um, if you're not follow, following me on Instagram, um, please head over. Um, and if you type in Molly Jane underscore bikini, you'll find me on there. It's the least inventive Instagram name uh, you'll ever find. Um, but that's what it is at the moment. Um, so there you go. It actually got hacked, which is why I changed it. Um, and I had to think of something quick um just to change it and then I just never changed it back so apologies for a really lack of inventive Instagram name um but there we have it so what I wanted to talk to you guys about today was a lot about kind of training and stuff so the first thing I wanted to talk about was training environment um so it's kind of something I've never really had to think about too much before um But I think I spoke to you guys last and I was like, I've looked around a new gym and I'm hoping that will kind of make me feel a bit more motivated um, and it'll be easier because I can walk there and things like that. And I started going to that gym um, and I think I did say like the equipment and that wasn't the greatest, Um, but to be honest, neither was the environment. Like, I think I saw one other female training there um, the whole time I used to train there. There's a lot of blokes that trained, but, like, I don't have an issue with training with men at all. But when they're, like, a bit weird... Um, and you know the kind of guys that go into the gym and they have, like, no knowledge, but they chat pure shit. Um, it was kind of like a lot of those kind of people. And I was just like, I really don't like people that just shout really loudly absolute shite. So it kind of just wasn't really the place for me. Um... And I wasn't really enjoying training there, and it was very much that I was going in training, coming out, done like in and out, get it done, not really pushing myself as much as I normally do because I wasn't enjoying being in there, whereas now I've moved back to Devon, and I've really seen an increase in my training just in the last couple of weeks because I've gone back to my old gym where I have a lot of friends there, I know a lot of people there, the environment's nice, the equipment's pretty good um it's not the best in terms of equipment, but it's pretty good, like, you know, you can train well there, um, there's some good pieces, and to be honest, it's more the environment, and I think a lot of the time we get very hung up on, like, oh, what's the equipment like, like, what make is it, like, you know, is it all Panatta stuff, is it all this, like, at the end of the day, like, great equipment is great, however, if the environment there is shit, You're not actually going to enjoy your time there. And therefore, are you really going to be able to push yourself? Are you going to have people there to support you if you need it? Potentially not. So even though the training, the equipment is great, if the environment itself is a bit pants, then your training, I think, can absolutely be affected by that. So I just think it's something to really take into account, like when you're looking perhaps for a new gym and when you're looking maybe you're moving, you need a new gym, maybe you're in a gym at the moment and you don't feel like the environment is right for you, maybe then try something else and maybe even if it's not a gym with the equipment that maybe you might think that you'd like the most, the environment might like change that for you and you might find that actually you're pushing yourself more and you're getting better sessions in because you've got people there to push you, because you've got people there to support you and you can have a bit of a laugh in the gym, things like that. So that was kind of one of the first things i wanted to talk to you about and kind of get you guys to reflect on and, and think about like is the place you're training in have the environment in that you kind of want from a gym now obviously there's going to be some exceptions to the rules like if you work in a job where you need to be in a 24-hour gym um then you're going to need to be in a 24-hour gym and not all gyms with great environments are 24 hours the place i train now is not 24 hours it's great but at the weekends it's only open like 10 to 4. So I have to kind of like do things in the morning, then train. Instead of like other weekends, I actually like to just get up, train. That bit's then done for the day, and I can do like go down the beach, go for a surf, something like that. I do want to get back into surfing now? I'm back down here. I will say that much. um So yeah, training environment was the first thing I would talk to you about, but also training in general, and like you'll have seen um, on my page, I've posted quite a lot recently about having clients in off-season and building up their weak body parts. So there's kind of like a saying out there that's like, oh, you're only ever as strong as your weakest body part. And it's very much kind of, in a way, the truth. Um, So when you're judging, you're not looking for someone and going like, okay, who's got the best arms on stage okay person a who's got the best legs on stage or person b who's got the best this on back on stage you know it's not judged like that it's judged on who is the most balanced symmetrical and proportionate and then obviously you've got conditioning um you know overall stage presence things like that as well but your symmetry balance and proportion is the things that's made in the gym so, when you're in the gym, you want to be making sure, and whether you're off-season um, or even on prep, like whenever really, you want always want to be making sure that you're building a physique that is very balanced. Now, there are some people out there that just naturally, like, just train and everything go, grows really balanced and that's lovely. But for most of us, we are always going to have body parts that just don't seem to want to grow at the same rate as everything else. Um, for myself, that's definitely my shoulders. They just... I train them and train them and train them and they're just like mm, nah. Whereas like other areas of mine will grow quite quite quickly. Um, uh, for other clients I've got like their upper body's like massive, but their legs just don't want to join the party. Their quads might, but their glutes won't. Things like that. So it's very much tailoring training into like to that individual. And I think this is where individual training comes in. Like like individual training like that's how it needs to be individual. Um that was a bit of a mouthful wasn't it I don't know why I got so confused there Um but people often talk about like oh training's individualized but they don't really say how. So it might be individualised as in like the piece of equipment because everyone's training is going to be to a point because every gym that you go into has got different equipment. You know, you rarely go into a gym that's got absolutely everything in there. Um, most of us don't train in those sorts of gyms. Obviously they do exist, but most of us don't train in them. Um, so you're going to have to have different equipment to what someone else in a different gym would train at because that's all that's available to you. Um, things like injuries and stuff as well. Um, you may not be able to do certain movements so therefore that would be individualized but what I really want to talk about here is individualizing the program to your needs in terms of what you need to bring up as a bodybuilder so or even in lifestyle as well if you want like a really balanced physique and lifestyle um then yeah it it would apply there as well um but kind of like specifically in bodybuilding um you kind of need to grow those areas so you are really balanced so if I take clients of mine, for example, that need to bring up their glutes and they've got like really big upper body, you know, big shoulders, big back, uh, biceps, triceps, um, good quads, not so much glutes and hamstrings. What we would then do is I would pull, now this is gonna be dependent on do they still need to bring that upper body up or is their body upper body at a point where like, actually like we're okay there um, and it's just bringing the legs up to match. If that's the case, then what I would then do is pull down upper body training to like a maintenance level. So we're talking maybe like three sets a week of shoulders, right? Um, Two, three sets of back, dependent on kind of like how much as well that needs to catch up with your shoulders or overall um but you kind of bring stuff down so it's that maintenance of stuff that you kind of want to keep the same and the stuff that you want to bring up obviously you then hit that more often through the week so you might actually then end up training glutes four times a week which can be quite taxing so it's also then obviously i don't know if you can hear the dog but i told you you'd be making an appearance um so it's also then obviously like making sure then that we are recovering from that because obviously you need to be able to recover from everything um so This takes a little bit of trial and error. um, And it's kind of like putting different sets in, um, in different exercises and seeing like, okay, like can we recover from say 10 sets across a week? Yep, awesome. Okay, can we recover then from 15 sets across a week? Can we recover from 20 sets across a week? What's the point that we can get to where we can't recover from? Because then that's gonna be our our maximal kind of training volume for that muscle group across a week. And it is that trial and error that you need to do with your clients. And maybe the first week they can't really recover, but actually the second week they're fine. Um, It just takes a bit of getting used to kind of thing. So it's very much there about finding the kind of maximal point they can recover from and training at that maximal point. Now what we can do is then go, oh, can we have a cheeky little set on here? Or can we turn this into a drop set? And playing around with things like that. If, yep, cool, I'm recovering from that, wicked, like keep going with it. Um, But if not, then sometimes we do need to pull back. I've also found like sometimes when people are really hitting uh, for example their legs a lot um, we might need to deload a little bit more often um, than we would if you were kind of training a little bit more evenly across the body Um, and you might need to kind of fiddle around with training days so you can you've got rest days in between each leg day as well and that also is going to depend on how many times a week the client is training. So that's just kind of something to think about. And I've, I've taken glutes as a kind of like a real um, example there. And one that I've done with a couple clients. I've had a few clients that um really need to bring their their legs up or their glutes up. Um, so that's just kind of one example. And obviously with everyone, it's going to be different. Like I said, for myself, it's, it's my delts. They just, they don't really like to grow. So for me, it's very much hitting them a lot, but also my legs as well. So I'm not, not training my legs, but I am training my upper body um, and my delts. little bit more than what I train my legs for example because that's what needs to come up so it's very much like being able to look at yourself um or being your coach being able to look at you like very objectively and say that okay x muscle group needs bringing up this is what we're going to do to do it and really um yeah kind of fine-tuning your training around that looking as well okay a course of eight weeks for example can we see now here are we seeing any growth now growth isn't going to happen overnight like let's be real honest with ourselves. um and you know if, if your coaches say oh yeah you've grown from one week to second week i'll be real with you unless you've taken you know a lot of anabolics they're just to make up your ass you know you to grow um you are going to need a long period of time and even with anabolics you'd still need a long period of time to actually see some growth um so that's why i'd say maybe eight weeks um Maybe, maybe six to eight weeks um, training block and then you look at it and go okay do you know what like absolutely like this is working we can see you're growing awesome okay if it's not maybe we need to change things about maybe we need to change exercise selection uh, I think exercise selection you can kind of um, tell a bit beforehand if you're not progressing on it um, you change then the exercise, um, if you can't feel it right, if it just feels uncomfortable for you, um, if you can, if you're trying to do an exercise, but you feel a different, you know, to target, say, your glutes, and you can see, feel your quads taking over, then you might think, oh, actually, I need to pull that out, and I need to change up something else, so exercise selection in there is also really, really important, um, and I think especially, um, you know, with, with all exercises as well, it's, um, am I training the muscle group that I want to be hitting here or is it kind of hitting a different area am I maybe not doing it quite right sending videos to your coach so they can look over it and be like yeah yeah that's right or now you're feeling it here because actually you're doing it slightly wrong as well um but also making sure that the exercises you're doing aren't aggravating any injuries um and this is kind of something else that I want to touch on is as bodybuilders we are only going to grow when we're training right so and the Aim of the game for 99% of us is to get bigger. You know, there might be one or two out there that that just need like a little tweak of something or a little tweak of something else, but realistically, like unless you head into the Olympia, that's not going to be you. Um, and even at the Olympia level, you know, people are, are always looking to put more muscle on. So when we're obviously training, we're ground muscle. When we're resting, um obviously like we do need some rest but we want to kind of avoid injury this is what i'm going down sorry that kind of didn't make much sense um but we want to kind of avoid injury so if we're out with injury obviously we're not training we're not growing um so whatever we do as as bodybuilders we want to be avoiding avoiding injury so that might be down to things like supplementation and um, we can start off there um you know we can put in things like joint support um And, you know, that can kind of help. Uh, We can make sure that when we are training, we might have like niggling knees or wrists or something. We can put on um, straps, we can put on wraps, things like that. Whatever works for you personally. Um, For me, I really like knee sleeves. I'm not too fan of of knee wraps. They're just too fiddly for me and I I can't be arsed with it. so doing these different things as well to kind of help but the main thing there really is exercise selection if I'm doing something and that's aggravating my knees or my back or my wrists or whatever it might be my shoulder take that out and find an exercise that does work and even if you have to do loads of like one or two different exercises instead of mixing it up a lot that might actually be what's best for you and your body to kind of avoid that injury um I was also talking to a client of mine the other day about um squats and things and she said like you don't really program squats into anyone's workout you know like barbell squats and I don't know um and the reason for that is pretty simple you know barbell squats there's there's a lot that can kind of go wrong there and a lot of kind of risk for injury when really when we th- think about exercise selection and growing a certain muscle group you know we're not powerlifters right we don't stand on stage and have to tell you what like lift we can hit and um how much of that you know how heavy we can do a squat like no one gives a shit right um and is squatting like there's so many different things like i said that can go wrong you know it can aggravate your knees like for me it aggravates my shoulder um, where i can't bring my arm back um, it can aggravate your lower back um, and like i said loads of things that can go wrong they cause injury you're out of training you're not growing we can use something else Right. We can select a different exercise which is going to target the muscle that we want to target more so. And we're not going to get injured doing it or we're at lesser risk, sorry, should I say, of getting injured doing it. So that's kind of like one of the other things I wanted to talk about was kind of that um, risk of injury side of it and making sure that what we're doing is actually is the least risk of injury possible, especially on prep when kind of like joints can be a little bit less, you know, there's a little bit less than of your fluid set in the joint potentially, um, you're tired, so maybe your cognitive function's not working as well, to think about, okay, right, when I'm doing my squat, am I bracing my core? Am I pushing my knees in the right direction? Am I lowering that under control? You know, all those things that you need to think about when you're doing a squat. Maybe you could just do a leg extension. Maybe you could do a hack squat. You know, where there's not as much to think about in there and you've got that bit of support if you need it as well. Because um, as much as that like, you can kind of put safety bars up and stuff on you squat, you know, there's kind of, there's always that risk there. But yeah, I think a lot of the time with it as well, it's um asking yourself like what is your own goal? Your you know I've got clients that do powerlifting and bodybuilding and it's like, okay, what is it that you really want if you are saying to me like, right, okay. I want to be a top level amateur or I want to tan pro or something like that. We then need to think more around this kind of like risk of injury route, okay? Maybe powerlifting and bodybuilding aren't going to work side by side because there's the risk of injuring yourself so much with powerlifting then could that put you out with your bodybuilding? And if you really want that goal, maybe you need to reassess how much the powerlifting means to you. However, if you say to me, I just want to have fun with bodybuilding, you know, I want to get on stage, I want to look better each year, but at the end of the day, I just want to have fun with it um, and kind of see where it takes me. And, and, you know, I just enjoy it and it's a bit of a hobby. And, like, that's fine too. Um, and kind of a side note for this as well is, like, never let anyone tell you that that's not fine and that you have to take bodybuilding, like, really, really seriously because you don't. Like, if you just want to have fun with it, and jump on stage once a year or once every other year and get yourself in shape and do all those things and then you want to do powerlifting in your off-season or you want to do strongman competitions in your off-season like wicked you do that you do you but if you want to take it seriously and take bodybuilding as the route you want to go down you're going to have to think about all these things about okay maybe actually I can't, for example, do so much powerlifting as well because maybe my chest is getting really overdeveloped and that's kind of not where I I need to go and I need to bring up a different area instead. And, you know, these are all different things that kind of might affect your bodybuilding um, that you might want to think about. Um, But like I said, it's down to you and what your own goal is, like what your own ambitions with the sport are. Um, So yeah, kind of a, a little side note there. Um... I've completely lost track where I was going. But anyway, let's go on to the next thing. Let's go on to the next thing, Uh, which was kind of judging and judging for different federations. So um, I don't think I told you guys because I don't think I knew at the time, but I was asked the other day to judge for NFM, which was wicked. And if you've not listened to the podcast I did with Suki from NFM um, a little while back, go back and listen to that. Because that was really, really cool. He explained a lot about what the Federation is about. Um, he <laughs> really opened up on there about some funny old things as well. I'll give him that. Um but yeah, he um he can he came on and spoke about that. And um normally I judge with FitX as well. So if you guys didn't know, I judge with FitX, um I think for like two years now. Um and now obviously I've I've started doing a bit of judging for NFM as well. And it was really, really interesting because I, I've always said I'm very confident now um in judging, like, you know, I can sit there and say to you, like, hey, that person's one, that person's second, that person's third, fourth, whatever. I'm confident in that bit. But when I was going to the NFM one, there was two bits that I was really nervous about. One of them was the diva class because obviously with FitX, I don't judge diva. We don't have a diva class. I've never judged that before. Um, and obviously because of how it's judged, it's not judged on symmetry, balance, proportion, condition, all those things. It's judged on kind of like a lot more about posing, a lot more about um, the kind of attitude, sass that someone brings to stage. Um, which obviously is very different to how I normally judge. And I was a bit nervous about that because I was like, well, I've never judged that before. It's very, very different to how I normally judge. Um, Yes, I'm a posing coach. I can see good posing. You know, I know good posing when I see it. Um, But good posing in diva is also different to what you'd say good posing in bikini is because good posing in bikini, as much as people like to think it's bringing loads and loads of sass and confidence, actually good posing in bikini is being able to hit your mandatory poses move between them nice and smoothly but hit your mandatory poses showing a really good x-frame not hit them with loads of sass hit them showing your x-frame to its best ability so another little top pointer for you there um yes you're marked on overall stage presence we want you to move nice and fluidly between the movements but we want you ideally most importantly is to show your physique to the best of its ability. Um so that was kind of like whereas with Diva it's more about showing more confidence on stage, more sass on stage, that kind of movement between more on stage. So yeah, it's very, very different. Um, so I was a little bit nervous about that. Um, and the other thing I was nervous about was the scoring. Um, in terms of like how you write it down on the paper, because I'm used to doing it a certain way with FedEx, you know, all their numbers are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten with NFM, it's like 27, 43, 88, 61. Do you know what I mean? It's it's random random numbers. It's not like in order. So I was a bit nervous with that. Um and how they did their their scoring sheets. But actually when I got there, I didn't need to worry about it. It was nowhere near as bad as I thought it was gonna be. And I think because um I'm quite dyslexic, I get confused with the numbers sometimes And I was like, I'm gonna throw my own scores off because I'm gonna get confused the numbers. And I know when I judge effects, I've got Lisa sat there who looks at my scores. And sometimes I do get them the wrong way around because I'm just so, I get so confused or I've had a bit of a funny one and something's gone wrong when I've written something down or they added someone after or something has happened. Um, And I get confused, but then Lisa looks at it and she's like, just double check that. And then I realise that I've done it wrong um whereas I was like oh I don't have that kind of safety net. if someone there just checking my scores and going are you sure that's what you win you know before they put it in um so yeah it was I I was quite nervous for that um but actually like it was absolutely fine and it didn't throw me off at all um which I thought it would um so that was cool um but I think as well uh kind of the main thing that I wanted to talk about was how people often say like oh okay like for example, oh, I compete with FedEx, but I've never competed with NFM and I don't really feel like I want to because I don't know what the judges want. Now, or the other way around, right, they compete with NFM and you say to them, oh, why don't you do a FedEx show? And they're like, no, no, I don't know what the judges want, right? It's exactly the same. And I think across most federations, it's pretty much the same. Um, now, obviously, you're going to have some differences when you get to like Purely, when you get to Miami Pro, um and your more fitness fashion fmc potentially glifting girls you know their judging is different and they do want different things because they're fitness fashion federations they're not bodybuilding federations and i think if we could just draw a line between the two and then we look at fitness fashion and they they are going to be very different across the board as well from pure elite to miami pro to glifting girls they're very different all right each of them and how they judge Whereas when you look at like FitEx, NFM, PCA, Two Bros, um, UKUP, UKDFBA, they're all looking for the same thing, right? They're all looking for symmetry, balance, proportion, condition applicable to the class, overall stage presence, right? Now, the only thing that I would find different, um, and not even like in all of them, just a couple of them, a couple of them like... I think PCA want a little bit more muscle and they want you a little bit leaner than what you'd find maybe with some of the other federations and that's the only real difference I think you'll get and even there like I think people think it's a lot more than what they actually do want so when you're worried about like oh okay like are they gonna like me you know am I do I fit that federation I don't know I've never done it before just do it because nine times out of ten the person that's winning for PCA is the same person that's winning for X and the same person that's winning for NFM and the same person that's winning for Two Bros, and like you see that time and time again. If you're a good bikini athlete, you're a good figure athlete, you're a good wellness athlete, you will win across the board. You know now, you may have, you may not necessarily win win across the board because there might be someone in you know you're in a different lineup. There might be someone on stage that's better than you, but you tend to find the girls that are winning win across the board with all federations because they're really good athletes and that's never kind of going to be like oh no we don't like her because she's wearing this different bikini and we prefer this bikini or you know she's got her hair this way and in this federation we prefer it this way or whatever it might be now posing rules might differ slightly um from federation to federation but 9 times out of 10 they're pretty much the same or very very similar um and, you know, the differences in posing between Fix and NFM are different, right? But they're pretty similar. And if you can pick up one style posing, I can guarantee you, it will take you, like, one posing session, and you will pick up the other style posing. Like, you know, once you know the footwork of how to transition, it's not really very difficult to change different, you know, one leg that's being bent in your side pose to a different leg that's being bent in your side pose, for example. Um, and little bits like that in figure as well, um, slightly different. But you'll soon pick all those up so yeah don't be kind of nervous going from one federation to the next because actually like you will be absolutely fine they don't suddenly want like you don't go like from pca to fit X and all of a sudden they you know they want you i don't even know what i don't know what because i don't actually understand why people get so confused about different federations and think like oh i don't mean they're like me because if they like you if you're a good athlete you'll be a good athlete across the board right um so yeah that's kind of like my main take home is just just try it um and like I said with judging there was no difference to judging right you know I came back from NFM and I, I said to Abby who's the head judge I was like was my judging all right and she was like yes but on I was like, oh, awesome so it's exactly the same you know you you've got um Brett as well who judges for both um you've got Steph Noble there who judges for NFM and she judges for WMBF as well. You know, they all judge for the for for different federations. Um and yeah, the criteria might be obviously slightly different in posing, potentially some of them in condition. I know NABA want you a lot softer. Um but yeah, it it it's the same. Bikini is bikini, wellness is wellness, figure is figure. The names might be different, you know, NFM they call it shape, fit X, they call it wellness. P.C.A.V. they call it wellness, right? It, it's it's the same thing. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of most of the things I wanted to talk to you about there. Um, I thought I'd do a little quick update on kind of myself, the team as well, whilst we're having this little solo chat. Um, so, for myself, I have moved back down to Devon, which I am super happy about. Um, yeah, me and Joe have, have kind of moved back, um, kind of in the process of... Finding a house and all that kind of fun stuff, um, which is loads more stressful, <laughs> um, than I kind of thought it would be because apparently, um, there's no houses anywhere to rent, which is annoying. Well, there is, sorry, but um, I did find our dream house, but there was seventy people on the um viewings list for it. So sorry, there's seventy people that had inquired to view it. So yeah, you can kind of see there why how um hard it is to to find a place to rent, but. It's fine, and I know that the right thing will come up, um, you know, in the right place when it's the right time. So I'm fine with that. Um, But being back in Devon, it is my home. Um, The the beach is here. Like I said, the gym's a lot better, um, and things like that as well. So, and and Joe's really happy to be here as well. Like he absolutely loves it. So it's nice for us to move kind of back down the country again. Um, In terms of the team, we've got two more, well, Two and a half, I guess, people going now, the end of this year. Um so I've got Holly and Shannon um who are both competing at the end of this year. Um I say the end of this year, it's it's kind of like August, September time, isn't it? So it's not really the end, but you know, as seasons go, you're kind of looking towards the end of the season there. Um both looking really, really good. Um they've both got like really nice, like that real nice bikini shape um to them. So very, very excited to see what um what they will do. I think we're looking at FitEx NFM um and particularly u k b f f as well um what we've kind of done with both of them is we've kind of got they've got two shows each which we're kind of aiming for and then after that we're just kind of go, gonna go like okay like if we've got invites to finals we'll start prepping then like you know looking towards finals you know if they don't maybe we'll we'll jump in another show and um, get that invite to final um I mean both of them look insane so I think they should both get it fairly easily um and then also you know what other shows might we want to jump in you know how, how are we feeling like are we feeling like we want to keep going Are we feeling like we don't quite want to um so yeah it's just kind of a different kind of approach than what I had at the girls at the beginning of the year when they kind of knew all their shows I say that they did and then they, we changed them anyway so sometimes I think that approaches different approaches suit different people don't they um and then I've got Louise who obviously competed earlier in the year she's doing trained bikini and masters um at finals as well so she's kind of already qualified for finals and um, she's not back in prep just yet she will be in the next couple of weeks um, and very very excited to see kind of um, how she does she's a very good athlete and what's been really interesting with her as well is kind of like the the weight she's holding at the moment when we were that weight before The distribution of fat on her body is completely different. It's a lot more even now, whereas before she very much held it um, on her backs of her legs, which, you know, is that really difficult area for all of us girls to bring in. Whereas now she just doesn't seem to be holding any weight there. Um, So that's really interesting to see. And also she's a lot leaner at this weight as well than what she was beforehand. So even in a prep, obviously, we've still built a little bit of muscle there as well, which is really cool to see. Um, But yeah, definitely kind of like how the fat's gone back in her on her body um is really interesting. Um and it's kind of like it's it's a good thing. Um that obviously she has got fat back on her body and she's a lot healthier for it. Um and that's why we kind of, we pulled out, we we re, we reverse out, we get your body to a point that's healthy before we start to prep again. And that's what's kind of been very important as well with some of the other girls as well that have prepped earlier on this year. It's all bringing their bodies back to a point where they're healthy again, you know. Um, clients that have lost their cycle, I um, only had one lose their cycle actually this year um or so far this year and it's back again you know we brought it back within eight weeks i think it was um so that's cool i've got other clients that have joined me that have um lost their cycles this is what i'm doing more of as well at the moment um and bringing back their cycles like you know actually both of them's kind of within eight weeks as well um one was post show one of them's lost it for a year and a half so um and and it's back now so yeah really cool across the board like you know the girls that are in prep, like I said, look amazing. I've said a bit about Louise. It's quite interesting. Um, and the girls that are kind of regaining their hormones as well are doing absolutely amazing. Um, and the girls in off-season, like I said to you kind of like at the beginning of this podcast about how um, we're kind of bring up like kind of lagging areas and stuff. And, and they are. And I'm very, very excited to see kind of like the team next year and I've got a couple girls that'll be going you know it'll be their second season and kind of seeing the improvements that are made there um and a couple girls that it's going to be their first season next year but we're already working together to kind of build enough muscle um that's going to be needed um so yeah very very excited and, and we're already looking quite busy for next year which is also really cool because I know as well that okay this is just the team that I've got at the moment you know this year that's going to go next year and I know that the team's going to grow next year as well. And there's going to be even more people on stage. So yeah, very much looking forward to kind of like what happens in the, in the next few months. Cause I know that's when kind of things will start to build up a bit more. I'll get more inquiries and stuff. People wanting to jump on to, you know, seeing this success of this year and i wanting to jump on and, and go next year and, I am very very excited for that so and if you're listening to this and you're someone that thinks like yeah actually like i want to join molly's team like i want gonna jump on the stage next year like let's do it um if you go over to my instagram you can drop me a message um and there's a link in my bio there as well um where you can fill out a form and, and that gives me kind of all the information i need um to be able to see if like obviously i'm a suitable coach for you um and yeah welcome you aboard the team so i think that's pretty much everything i wanted to catch up with you guys on oh actually a bit more about myself um I feel like I'm just a bit like I just talk about myself here um but kind of like my own goals and my own training so like I said back in my old gym absolutely love it training is loads better um and I'm very very kind of happy with that I want to really like I feel like I'm in the focus now um to grow more which is kind of like what I really really need I feel like having such a long off season now there's probably actually not this on me at all but it's kind of that thing in your head isn't it like the expectation of yourself um and that kind of feeling like okay everyone's gonna look at me and think like oh my god just had such a long off season like you know she should come back like hench as fuck um and knowing actually that that's probably not going to be the case Um, when I look back on my 2022 photos when I pulled out of prep I think like okay like I had quite a good physique then and I I want my physique to be better than that I know it's gonna be hard because obviously I did take quite a bit of time off um and not even off as well but just like not even at the like when I was training I wasn't training at the intensity that's needed to really be growing I was kind of like maintaining a lot um so yeah having such like now I feel like okay I've been feeling loads better recently, you know, um, I'm able to train a lot more, I'm back in a gym where I feel more comfortable, um, and I enjoy it a lot more, so I'm, like, really, really pushing myself, um, to be able to get the, that muscle kind of back slash better, ideally better, um, because that's all I want, is I just want to be better than what I was before, um, to be able to go on stage and what i would like to do is the end of next year um part of me is like the beginning would make so much more sense but at the same time um basically i'm at the age now where all my friends are getting married so next year i've got three weddings at the beginning of the year which i'm you know if bridesmaid for or they're close friends of mine and i'm like i really can't be in prep for like three weddings Hindus, all of that fun stuff um so I'm gonna to have to go to the end of the year and also like I've kind of always said like end of the year you know I want to do finals and things as well but also, you also know business wise it's going to be really busy so I think it's going to be very interesting that I'm going to have to prep myself uh the prep half doesn't bother me is that it's actual competing bit um kind of around my clients and stuff as well and and kind of see how I can manage all that and I've kind of already said to myself that if I get to a point where I just feel like I'm not being able to be the best coach whilst doing it, I'll just pull out a prep. Like, my coaching comes beforehand and then I'll just compete at the beginning of, of 2025, which seems like ages away. um, And it is. um, But I've just kind of already said that to myself and, and said that, like, okay, what is it that I want to do? And knowing kind of how my team is at the moment and the people that I already know are going to go at the end of 2024, like, I want to make sure that I'm able to be, the, like, be able to show up for them um and if I can't show up for them and myself that's fine I'll just show up for them um so yeah I think it's something that I'd I'd never really kind of thought about before um but now in the position I'm in now and kind of doing more shows and having like multiple clients at shows and stuff as well it's it's kind of like I literally you know I need to make sure that I'm able to do all that and I don't want my shows clashing with my clients and things like that so yeah it's, it's kind of been a bit of an interesting thought process um but kind of that's the thought process and the line that I'm going on at the moment so I thought I'd want to share that with you guys and I don't know some of you might be in a in kind of a similar position and you might want to then think to yourself like which is the most important bit for me is it kind of my work or is it my own bodybuilding and there's no right or wrong answer to that either um but yeah, I think that's pretty much everything, um, I hope you guys listened to this, it was basically a big ramble of training and thoughts and all of that fun stuff, and yeah, if you enjoyed it, please give it a five star review, please follow the page, um, and please share it onto your story and tag me in it, also, if you do listen to this podcast, because I'm always really interested in this, I obviously can see the numbers, see the figures and stuff of, like, who listens to my podcast. But I can't obviously see names. I can just see, like, places where people are um, and numbers of who's listened to it. And I'm always really, really intrigued to see who listens to it. So if you are someone that listens to this, even if you don't want to share a new story, drop me a message and let me know. Because I am so intrigued because I see things like someone in America listening to your podcast. I'm like, who on earth is that? You know someone in South Africa I'm like who is that so yeah I'm really interested to see kind of like who all these people are that are listening um so yeah drop me a message guys uh because I just want to know I'm, I'm just very nosy basically um but yeah hope you guys are enjoying the sun wear some sun cream um and yeah have a great week and I will speak to you soon bye